We are back. Well, I'm back. Well, we're back. We can say that. We can say artsy fartsy immigrants are back. They are back. They is back. Guys, I'm back in the saddle again. I'm back in the hot seat, and I am so excited to be back in your ears. This is artsy fartsy immigrants. Guys, this was like the longest break we have ever taken. I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't think we should do that anymore. In fact, I don't think we should ever stop. I don't ever want to stop doing this. Oh man, I have really missed talking to you guys. And I've really missed um, pretending that you're listening. I've really missed sitting here imagining the hordes caring about my rambling thoughts. But I do know that the two or three of you that do actually care are there, and I love you, and I'm grateful for you. This is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I don't know what season this is right now. I don't know if it's season two, three, four? I'm not sure. I don't even think we're really counting seasons. I do know that it's episode 93, and man... Quite a long time ago, we should have bumped up there to episode 100. I think I've mentioned that so many times by now that we should have already been at episode 100. But, you know, it seems that fate would like to play games instead. Um, I don't know if you can hear the slightest touch of reverb here. I tried to clean up the mix the best I could. But I am sitting in a very small bedroom in this apartment down the hall from the one that I live in. And for those longtime listeners, you will remember that I did a few episodes here with Mobat himself. And speaking of Mobat, um, you're probably you're probably wondering where he is. And he's not sitting here uh, muffled, tied to a chair as I steal his microphone and take back my show. In fact, he's as busy as it gets. And I've, I told him recently that I finally had the peace of mind and I finally had the routine set in place where I could bring the show back now. And boy, you better bet your bottom friggin' dollar that I really wanted to bring this show back like ASAP. Um, Like I said earlier, this is the longest break we've ever done and it's kind of like when an addict tries to go clean the first time or two and they just do it cold turkey and they don't get help from friends or from a rehab, rehab, rehabilitation clinic or uh, an, an AA sort of thing like that. No community. You know, they just say, you know what? I've been smoking two packs of cigarettes every day my whole life. And today is the day that I stop. And they buy a pack and they throw it right in the trash can. And then, you know, the next day they're just craving for it. Well, imagine if you took that guy who's addicted to cigarettes or heroin and you put that person in a position where... They say, they say they're going to quit, and the next day they're like, oh, actually, I didn't want to do that, and I really want to do heroin right now. But you put them into a small room uh, where they have no access to it, and they have to wait until the door is open until they can go do heroin again. That's kind of the position that I'm in. I had to go cold turkey. I had to. And, and that's, it's nothing on anybody. I, really, I had to go cold turkey on the show. We just didn't have the time. We just didn't have the ability to make it work the way that we enjoy making this show work and then I was put into a very small room and I was told you're not you're not supposed to do it. you can't do it right now and uh, yeah I mean that's part of the reason why Mo isn't here because I'm able again to you know strap on that belt heat up that spoon and inject a hot fresh dose of podcasting into my arm the way that I enjoy it Um, but he is not able to do that yet. He's still in this small room with these padded walls and a straight jacket being told, you can't do this yet. Mobat is so busy. I feel like this is a setup for one of those old uh, Rodney Dangerfield jokes, like, Mobat is so busy. And you have the audience like, how busy is he? (laughs) How busy is he? Mobat's so busy. (laughs) He uh, can't even do his podcast. Uh, uh, uh." And he's just pulling the collar and crickets. Um, basically, Mo, his tenure, I guess you could say, at the radio station M94.5 is no longer happening. He basically, he, he worked all of, he finished all of the shows. That's right. Mo was in charge of all of the podcasts at M94.5 and he finished them. They all finished their story. They all are done now. So 
he uh, and I'm the one going rogue, bringing it back for an undesired sequel. Um, no, he's so busy. He's his tenure ended at the station, and he is currently, um, yeah, changing his registration with the government. He's going to be, you know, unemployed for a while. He's going to be going into freelancing. He's really busy with sports broadcasting. For those who know, he has, uh, for the Germans especially, this will be probably interesting. He has another podcast called She Happens, which is a pun on shit happens. And because in Germany, you say the word ski with an H, and I have still never understood why, because no other word has that play. No other German word takes an SK and goes, Sha. I don't understand it. Um, But then again, I don't understand most German. So, you know, there you go. And he has a show called She Happens with this now gold medal Olympic winner, Vincent Geiger. And as you can imagine, since the gold medal win, he's been quite busy with that show, pumping out a lot of episodes with him and doing interviews. And he's also, there's another network, I think it's a network called Magenta, it's like Magenta, uh, where he's doing a lot more sports broadcasting things. That's what, that's his bread and butter. I was trying to think of like, you know, how sometimes you have a friend or a person in your life and they do something and that's like their thing. Uh, that's like Mo's thing is sports broadcasting and his girlfriend's thing too. She's really uh, like blowing up the uh, sports broadcasting game. She actually, I think Mo even talked about it on one of our last episodes that she's kind of breaking through in terms of... Um, her name is Tony. Breaking through in terms of some of the accomplishments that she's uh, achieved as a woman in that industry, like um, I can't name them off the top of my head because I wasn't listening. No, <laughs> no, but she's she's really great and creative, and so is he. And that's you know they're just busy dealing with all these winter sports because in Germany, winter sports are the most important sports on earth. They have, in my opinion, the most boring sports ever. But it's, you know, that's, like I said, that's their bread and butter. Um, They have winter, so winter sports, like for those who don't know, some of them would be, for example, um, I think it's called, is it called Ski Tour? Oh man, you guys are going to kill me. Um, Like for example, they have combinations. They have things called the Nordic, um, which I'm probably going to still get wrong, even though I knew the name which is uh, cross-country skiing, otherwise known as dragging your feet across the earth very quickly uh, and trying to beat others who are doing the same. Um, You're standing flat on snow with these sticks and you're pulling yourself along. And man, oh man, every time I go to southern Germany, I see countless people just wearing these skin-tight glove suits with their ding-a-lings popping out and just scooting along the snow. And, uh, yeah, that's a big turnoff for, uh, old JP. Gotta say, not my thing, but everyone has their juice. Everyone has their bread and butter. Um, and he's covering all these kinds of events. And Vincent Skyger, I think he was doing these combos, these Nordic combos. It's like ski touring, no, ski jumping, right. So Vincent Skyger's a ski jumper. And that is a little more interesting, I have to say, because it's kind of against physics. It's like against God's will where these very skinny people will go down an enormous ramp at high speeds in skis that are locked in place. And then as they approach the, uh, you know, highest ascending point on this ramp, they will leap. And then they will free fall for hundreds, I think, hundreds and hundreds of meters, just And the goal is to get the furthest. As far as I understand, I think that's the only goal is to get the furthest. And that's why everyone in this business is so, uh, or in that sport, is so skinny. And I think there's like a lot of problems with, I don't, I don't want to just like throw words out, but I think there's issues with bulimia. And um, what do you, so bulimia is when you eat it and vomit. What's the one where you starve yourself? Anorexia. And yeah, these guys just want to be super thin and, and, and just fly through the air and just float like paper. And apparently Vincent Skyger did it. He went, as I, I'm pretty sure, the furthest, or he might have, you know, honestly, guys, I'm not the most reliable narrator. <laughs> I'm not the most reliable narrator when it comes to trying to explain who won a winter sport in Germany and what they did right. But there's all kinds of things. There's like these combos where you 
drag yourself across the snow and then you stop at a place and then you shoot an arrow into a target and then you do it, you keep going and you do it again. Or there's like skiing downhill and you're like going really fast and you have to go around these cones. Yeah, you know, Germans love their snow and they're going to play sports in it. And here, those sports are very important. So, you know, respect where respect is due. It's stuff that I can't do, but I have to be honest, most sports uh, <laughs> are in the category of things Jordan cannot do and uh, probably shouldn't do, um, especially naked. So winter sports here are very big, and that's what Mo is so busy with. That's where he is now, is basically working this whole game. And I thought I would basically kick off the show a little bit here, giving you guys some updates. I mean, it's when did we, let me look, when did, when did the last episode come out? The last episode, let me just pull this up on our Podigy page, artsyfartsy.podigy.io. Um, the last episode came out December 9th. Oh my God. So December 9th through January 9th through February 9th. So over two months. It felt like over three, but that's not right. So yeah, over two months of a break, which is just crazy. It was necessary, but a long break. Um, and since then, quite a lot of things have been going on in my life. Um, and I thought I would just start this show off kind of catching everybody up on everything. You know, like for example, where Mo is and why I'm doing this show alone. Um, first off, and this is the most, guys, I have to say this is the most important piece of information in the whole show. Are you ready? I need you to really, I guess I need you to put down if you're, if you're doing an email, if you're driving, I need you to pull over. If you're writing in your journal, I need you to put the pencil down. If you're, um, if you're listening to this on AirPods whilst skiing, I need you to hug a tree, sit down, squat down for a second. This is very important. I, man, Jordan Prince, haven't had a haircut in almost a year. Ah, ah, you know, it just brings tears to the eyes. It's been so long. And I just feel like, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, as a person with this problem, it feels like everyone can just see it when they look at your face and you try not to talk about it, but, you know, they can just read you and sometimes you have to talk about it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get in front of this problem. I'm going to get in front of this problem. I'm going to come at this head first. I'm going to get ahead of the media and I'm going to come here on my own show and do it my way. I'm going to talk about it my way. Okay. Because some of you guys out there are going to support me. Some of you guys out there are going to understand where I'm coming from, okay? And I'm not going to let all the fake news out there pick up everything that I'm pick up, pick up everything I'm throwing down and spin it and take it out of context, okay? Okay. The truth is, oh, the truth is, I haven't had a haircut in almost a year, and I may try to 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 style it occasionally in different ways, but the truth is, it just looks bad. And with the addition of the fact that I shower less <laughs> right now, uh, the hair can be greasy and it can be stringy. I've uh, been trying a few different things out. Uh, tried this trucker look for a little while. Everybody seemed to hate that except for my friend Moritz. <laughs> um, where I would wear a ball cap and uh, tuck the side hair finely against the side of my head and push it to the back so this fluff of sweaty curly hair would pop out of the back of the hat like a ponytail and the sides would be nice and tight against my head and uh, my beard is also kind of unreasonably long so it looked like I went from uh uh what do you what do you oh man what were those plants called chia I went from like a Bob Ross chia pet um pretty quickly into what most people would refer to as someone who looks a bit like a rapist. <laughs> I mean, I looked really gross. I had this, you know, sweaty cap and the hair pushed back, stringy hairs, you know, falling over my ears. Um, and my beard was so long, so my face elongated. It went from a circle to kind of a rectangle, a vertical rectangle quite quickly. And uh, let's just say I took a poll and it was unanimously just about voted against. So I'm back to just normally letting it fall as it may, um, in addition to my constant hat wearing. So, you know, it, it falls into different shapes almost every day, but it is too long. 
this is the truth. Um, part of me lives on the side of uh, caution, thinking this is getting ridiculous. You're starting to look filthy. What if you have to make yourself presentable, Jordan? What if you have to make yourself presentable for people? And then I think, who, who, what, wh- wh- when am I going to have to be presentable for anybody? When am I ever going to have to? I mean, look, I, I, I mean, guys, I'm going to catch you up on this later anyway. But I mean, there's no concerts, so when am I going to have to go on stage and look trim and clean cut? It's not in the cards. I mean, my main jobs are radio. Doesn't really matter what I look like. So you know, let the cards let it, you know let the chips fall where they may. Is basically my 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 motto with that. And the other side of my brain, because it's never just one track, says. um, you got to chop this off, boy. You got to buzz it. I have buzzed my head before, and I got to say, part of me loves it. Now, I have been called a Nazi way more times than I thought I would be when it happened, um, which is fine. You know, it's funny, but um, it gets old kind of quick, uh, much like the behavior of the Nazis. Those, those knuckleheads got really, <laughs> I mean, I got bored of that stuff real quick. They, sh- they should have knocked that off real early on. Um, but as, as with my hair growth, um, the, the Nazi shenanigans just, they just went on and on and on. It's ridiculous. You know, someone, no one stood in the way and said, Hey guys, knock this off, get that haircut, Jordan. Um, so, you know, part of me wants to also, you know, just let it run and see, see how far I can take myself down the rabbit hole. Um, it's very interesting what's happening on the shape of my head, but I, I wanted to get basically guys, I wanted to get the most important thing out there first if you again you may now presume driving down the interstate i know that was a lot of a load to take on if you're skiing you can continue down the slope doing whatever it is that you're doing and the rest of the nation can just uh, go on with you know writing your emails or sitting in your bath what 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 have you whatever you might be doing when you listen to a podcast uh so yeah, that's the biggest news. Uh, otherwise, no, there's actually some other cool things. Like, basically, uh, so my album Simple Swimmer came out last June. And a long time came between the release of that and the delivery of the merchandise that I had <laughs> ordered. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was really ridiculous. I made people wait like almost six months or something. It was really sad. It was really messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, it's really just my fault. Um, you know, I, I wrote letters to everybody who ordered something because I felt so bad. I, of course I had some really close friends order things and then, but I also had strangers of course order things and I just wanted them to know like, this is not normal that you have to wait this long. Hopefully if there's more merchandise in the future, you don't think of this as like, oh, well, I don't want to wait six months and then you can just, you know, order more or don't, you know, don't tell your friends like, oh, you wanted to get a bag. Well, it's going to take six months. That won't happen anymore. That's not um, how this will function. Basically, I had about six months later, this merchandise come in, which was, uh, it, well, I still have them. So if you're interested, you can get them from uh, jordanprince.bandcamp.com. And it's this blue tote bag, which uh, I love it. It's It's got a lyric from the song Simple Swimmer, which is from the album Simple Swimmer. And it says, I'm barely hanging on. And I love that bag. I really, the colors are cool. And um, my friend Guy designed it as he's designed everything of mine since the album 12 Songs for 12 Friends. And it's just this beautiful bag. And I like the double entendre a little bit, like I'm a bag and I'm barely hanging on your shoulder. You know, like it could fall apart, but also because of the reference to the song um, in which it's talking about emotionally, I'm just barely hanging on. And I I like this sort of double meaning. And so I really like that for the bag. And I got some buttons and some stickers uh, with the album name and some other lyrics. And yeah, it just took a long time for that stuff to come in. But I finally got all that mailed off. Everybody who ordered something, um, I took one big long day to package everything up, write all the letters, get everything separated, get all the addresses written down, take it all to the post. It was a big process, but I finally got it all out. And since then, I've had two more merch orders since the post about mailing it off. And thankfully, they only, they only had to wait a week before they got it. So I think that's a bit more normal. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. For, you know, if there's anybody, I know for sure there's one. Um, but if there's anybody else listening to the show who has already ordered 
merchandise of mine from the last album. Um, I really appreciate that. It's so flattering. It's really amazing to put so much work and time and effort and heart into something. And it's really difficult when you do that and you don't have any way to see people's reactions to it. Like you just have some numbers on the streaming sites. You see how many times a song has played roughly and once or twice a year, I get a, a rough estimation of how many times a certain song may or may not have been on the radio. And, you know, you get some people who want to license your songs for, you know, their YouTube videos and stuff like that. But still, you don't get a great idea of, like, who's appreciating this, who who likes it. And when you sell the merch, you get a very clear idea. Like, these are people who heard the music, have listened to it a lot, enjoy it, enjoy what I do online. They obviously found, you know, whatever my... I hate, I hate this word, but like they found enough pleasure in my brand or whatever to say, I'm going to buy something of his. And that's so flattering. I hate that the last year. And I, and honestly, I talked to my booking agent. I don't think it's going to be much different this year, but last year I only played three concerts and a wedding. And that's just too little. That's embarrassing, man. It's just crazy. It's crazy to me. I can't even wrap my head around that. I mean, I was just digesting it again as I was uh, saying it, but holy moly, three concerts in a year. And you compare that to 2016, 2017, I had like 50 or 60 concerts, roughly. Mm. It's really, it's a really different world. So, you know, when, when you release an album and you, you can't go play it for people, um, yeah, you just have no you have no recollection or like understanding no of of like who's who's enjoying it who's understanding it who's taking time with it you know you have a few friends who write you you know your family says things but still it's just um the general perception of it you, you, it's just really different these days especially when you're a smaller artist like if you're a bigger artist i think it doesn't matter like if you've established um if you, have a, if you have an established audience and you go into this pandemic, um, I, I like, for example, I don't think, like, well, uh, it's hard to use the, uh, well, okay, I'm going to think about a couple examples here. Like, obviously, an enormous internationally known band like Radiohead has no issues or problems. They've made millions and millions of dollars over 30 years or more. They're good to go. They don't have to play any concerts. They don't have to release any music. They can sit back and relax. But even smaller artists who are also very successful, like everyone who knows me probably knows I love Mac DeMarco, um, or even comparably like Benny Sings or Rex Orange County, these guys, you know, they're smaller on that sort of, you know, international scale, but they are obviously very successful. Um, they don't have to do anything. I mean, they can just... They they'll still get they will still get their streams and they will still get merch sales. People are still gonna buy whatever they do. You know, I think Mac put out like one video last year uh, for funsies. You know, and it's just like he can do that and work on new stuff in his studio and kind of take it easy. Um, and I think a lot of artists from from his level of success and up are gonna come back to do like I've seen a lot of posters for mini tours where they're not playing perhaps, you know, hundreds of cities like they normally would, but, you know, maybe 30 or 50, something like that. Mm. Or instead of instead of thousands of cities, maybe they're playing like a couple hundred. And that's for them a mini tour. And for me, um, from where I am, like an, a mini, if I were to think of like, what's a mini tour for me? Like, I would say 2016, 2017 was the most I've toured ever. It was in all different countries, concerts of all sizes, sometimes like thousands of people. I played one in um, Switzerland that was almost 3,000 people, which is really amazing. And then I've always still played smaller shows if the situation, if the, if the, my friend Ben would say the Bennies, if the benefits are good. If the Bennies are good, um, then I will play uh, even really small shows, but, um, I think like that, those busy years, that was maybe like 50 or 60 shows. So a mini tour for me would still be like, I don't know, 10. 
And last year, I played way below that. So it was just this startling sort of slap in the face of it's just not, you're not going to have it. And this year, my booking agent says it's probably also not going to happen because the bigger artists will take the slots that do become available, which makes sense. So I just had no way of gauging. This is all coming around back to say that like I just had no way of gauging who was enjoying this album. And honestly, part of me, and I've talked about it before, a part of me feels really like the last album, maybe less so than Simple Swimmer, but I feel like 12 songs kind of flopped. But then again, if I really look at the numbers and the long-term listenability and stuff, Simple Swimmer sold more merchandise, but I think 12 songs just did better as an album. Uh, And I hope that in the long run, there's this sort of return to that kind of style of music um because i think especially with 12 songs what i was always doing was creating a style of music that i love listening to but isn't necessarily of the here we go zeitgeist it isn't really necessarily the sound of the time just something that i really enjoy and you have to be a band that's already very well established to make that style, the sort of Americana, almost country folk rock thing. Um, like Wilco, for example. Um, you have to be really established to be able to make stuff like that and have a large quantity of people go like, oh, this is cool. Or Phoebe Bridgers, for example. She she can break into that style from her indie rock stuff and people will, will eat it up and they do. But if you're starting out and that's like your first album and the big music of the time and still is right now, like this top 40 stuff, it's just the pop is so hard to compete with. Like The weekend's Blinding Lights is, I think right now still, like the number one song ever, which is just so not what the, not the music that I make. I have nothing against that stuff. I mean, like Dua Lipa and, and Lizzo and Bieber and Ed Sheeran and these guys, I mean, they're just enormous artists enormous artists um and that's just i have nothing against that but it's just uh not what i make so i always felt like these last two albums were kind of flops but maybe it's just something that i think maybe the the zeitgeist will go back around to this sort of like folky acoustic sort of rock thing uh because it, it is circular i mean think about um think about the early 2000s maybe 2005 to 2010 uh you had you had uh fleet foxes was this enormous breakthrough band and even well i don't know if you can really put grizzly bear in that world but like dirty projectors uh some what well, mgmt was also kind of different i don't know i'm not making a good argument for for myself but like the music style does fluctuate and maybe eventually it'll come back around to that maybe there will be some eventually overdue appreciation for 12 songs. I don't know how I got on that from Simple Swimmer merch sales, but hey, you know, that's what you get when you're on a show with the Prince. You will be surprised about where my head goes. I've always thought that I suffered from uh, ADHD. To be 100% honest, uh, I always thought that I... Not, not to... Um, not to, like talk in spirals the way that I just did and then make that up to be funny. I really genuinely always thought that I had like a, a some sort of not maybe not hyperactive, maybe not hyperactive, but like an attention deficit problem because I was never able to focus on too much. Um, the only thing that I could really focus on was playing music. It was like this one creative release that I had. And I think a lot of right brain people have this one creative release, like painting or drawing or writing or music or whatever. And when it came to every, literally everything else, even down to just basic conversations, um, my mind wanders, it, it, when, even when I really don't want it to. Um, so I've always kind of thought that I have that problem. Um, but either way, you guys have decided that this is the podcast you're going to listen to. Mm. So you're going to have to take the good with the bad, which means I'm going to spiral. 
I, yeah, the hol- okay, so it's February, and it's actually the week of Valentine's Day, which is just so insane to me that the holidays flew by as as quickly as they did. Like, I can't believe it's already February. You know that moment? It happens every single year. It happens every single year when you start the new year and you're in January and you think, oh, okay, it's just January. We have plenty of time. The year is going to take, take its time here and we can plan things out for this and for that. And then all of a sudden you just blink and it's August and you're standing out in the blistering sun sweating and you go, I can't believe it's already August. I can't believe it's already August and school starts back and then the weather cools down and you're, I can't believe it's already Halloween. Can you believe it's already Halloween? I just can't believe it's already Halloween. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, Christmas time. This was the fastest year ever. And it's going to happen again. It happens year after year. I, I Like I'm already here in February. And I'm telling you, I can't believe it's already February. And I know, I know that I'm going to blink and in March, I'm going to be in America. And then and then in June, I'm going to be at a, at a friend's wedding in uh, Greece. And I'll be like, wow, June, it's already July. Boom. I'm going to be at another friend's wedding in Italy. And it'll be like, what? America trip's already over? What? We were already in Greece? What? And then it's going to be freaking August again here in Munich. And it's going to be the same situation. I'm going to blink. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, this was so fast. And I, I still write down 2021. When I have to, when I'm doing something online, I still type out 2021. It's crazy. And yeah, I'm just blown away by how quickly all this is going by. And I, I think it's contributed to the fact that, um, or I think it, it is contributed, that feeling is, is, it contributes from, or it's contributed by, God damn it, um, by the fact that this pandemic makes every day and every week kind of feel the same, um, except for, and I imagine, except for if you live in America. <laughs> I mean, I just saw clips of the Super Bowl today, and I just can't believe that you have stadiums, stadiums of people together, like hundreds of thousands of people all together, no masks. It's just insane to me. And like, here I am about to travel to the States next month, and I'm worried about Omicron, man. You know, they don't even have, like, you can go to the pharmacy here and get a pack of like, I don't know, what is it, five tests for, I don't know, 10 bucks or something? And so, and they give them out for free at a lot, like a lot of places here. Um, and then you find out that in, in the States, getting a test is really hard. It's expensive. Um, they, they make it really difficult. And it's really um, to see how the people are, are acting there. And like their whole life is like back to normal. People mention the pandemic on their shows or in their stand-up or they mention it in passing. And some people's things haven't quite changed. Like you watch a late night show, you watch like Trevor Noah, and he doesn't have an audience. Uh, and I think I think Jimmy, I think Seth Meyers also doesn't have an audience. But then like Stephen Colbert does, and I think Jimmy Fallon does too. And you just think like this is how it used to be. They have they have a full audience. That's so strange. Is it? It feels like it's over or something. And it's just kind of I don't know. It's um, weird uh, because America's kind of playing this. Um, really awesome game of um, pretend where all the problems are solved and and Omicron's over with. I mean, even when I went to America back in June of last year when I had my mental breakdown and I really missed home and I had to go, um, I went to a cafe with a friend and I put my mask on to go in and he was like, bro, and he pointed at this sign on the wall and it said, masks aren't mandatory, only encouraged. And I looked at the barista and he was wearing a mask. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I wear a mask? And he was like, well, bro, you don't have to wear one if you're vaccinated. It's like, you don't have to wear it here. It's not, he was trying to show me like in this fun way, like, bro, it's not Germany, dude. Like, you don't have to wear one. In my mind, I was like, I don't feel imprisoned by wearing a mask in Germany. I'm just really excited for the pandemic to be over so that this mask wearing isn't necessary. I, I like, I don't, when I go into shops here, like, Sure, after a while, if I'm in a store or a grocery store or something, of course it gets frustrating and it's, you know, it gets sweaty or something in it, but 
I'd much rather deal with that and then go outside and get fresh air eventually than just risk no one wearing one at all. I mean, he was so, he thought I was so goofy. I love him to death, but he was so goofy. Uh, thought, dang, I'm, I, I got to get back in the saddle. I got to get back in the saddle with this show, man. I am, I am so rusty. But he thought that I was so goofy for wearing the mask or wanting to wear it anyway. He's like, but you see the, the sign says you don't have to, to do it. So why, why are you doing it? I was like, because he's, he's wearing it. Why, do, why wouldn't I wear it? And so, but then you can't argue, right? You can't be like, oh, dude, come on. You should always wear a mask. Don't be an idiot. You know, so I have to be like, oh, you know, that's fine. I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm used to it. I don't mind to wear it. And he's out there rolling his eyes while I go in there with a mask and he thinks I'm so stupid. It's such a weird world. But then you come here and uh, you better have a mask on, like literally everywhere. If you go inside any building at all, on any public transportation, in any car with like Ubers, for example, if you like a taxi, um, you better have one, chief. Otherwise, you're going to be kicked out. And I think that, you know, they're not like crazy about it here, but I think it's the smart thing to do. And what I'm trying to say, what my point was at the beginning of this rant was that I think the pandemic in most of the Western world that isn't America has helped every day or week more or less feel the same so much to the extent that it helps time just fly by because you have your routines and the day kind of feels similar and then all of a sudden it's over, the day's over, boom, it's nighttime, and then the next day started already and then, oh, it's lunch and then, oh, it's nighttime and boom, it's over already. And all of a sudden, a week has gone by, then two weeks has gone by, and then you blink and it's been six months. And it's just, I think, that contributes to it. And what I'm trying to say is, I don't think that pattern is necessarily happening in America. Because a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people are already back at work, just the way they were. Um, There's an entire political argument separating the, the desire for people to either wear a mask or not wear a mask, which really causes a lot of unnecessary problems. There's no reason that this is political at all. Um, It's like having a political argument on if you should wear your shoes when you walk in the mud and then walk in your house. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't um, make sense to me why there ever was an argument about that. But that's a whole different podcast. Um, And I think the fact that you can see videos of the Super Bowl and you have so many people out in... Even even if you think about the the choreographers for like Kendrick Lamar's set, you know, that's like fifty people just shoulder to shoulder, breathing heavy, you know, excited. You got the lights on them, the adrenaline's pumping, sharing a lot of breath, guys. You're sharing a lot of breath. You sure you're good? You sure you're safe? Everybody good? Are you sure you don't feel a little a little cough coming on, Eric? What's that? You feel a little hot? You think a fever's coming on? Nah, you're probably just nervous. Here, take a Gatorade. What about you, Terry? You feeling good? A little sore throat, huh? That's probably just a cold. It is cold out here. Here, have a Gatorade. What's that? Steve? Yeah? You? Uh-huh. You feeling a little uh, asthmatic? Is that right? Well, could be because you have asthma. What's that? Pre-existing condition. Oh, that's... No, yeah, that's... Well, that's fair to... Right. No, but I didn't mean to... I didn't mean... Steve, I didn't mean to offend you. If I offended you, I just... I just, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't think that asking if you felt like a little corona coming on was offensive. I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. No, it's not like, Steve, I'm sorry. Steve, come back. Kendrick needs you. I need you. And if you, I think if you're in America and you just see all these ridiculous people, um, no, it's actually, I shouldn't say ridiculous because if I was in America, I would be doing the same thing. If the entire culture says or encourages you that you don't have to wear a mask, then why would you? Because you feel safe. You feel like, oh, it's fine. I don't have to, right? I mean, this store says it's not mandatory. This, everyone's like, oh, you know, my this my friend, you know, this guy's going to go to a, to an Ole Miss game. 100,000 people, roughly together shoulder to shoulder no masks and you know they come home proud of that like super happy about it like how cool is that we can go to uh to an Ole Miss game and you know breathe in all the same air as uh, all these uh 
thousands of strangers who are probably not vaccinated and, uh, you know, definitely don't care about anyone's safety but their own, or if that. Um, so how cool is that, that we can just go do that? And here we are in Germany thinking like, okay, well, we obviously can't trust everybody to be vaccinated. So why don't we just wear masks, keep the peace, and just try to get through this ridiculous pandemic. Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't mean to go into a Corona rant, especially talking about America and Germany and how it's handled differently. I think it's just something that's kind of a little bit on everyone's mind. I mean, of course, there's, uh, you know, everyone has work and everyone has um, family and everyone has their own issues that they're dealing with all the time. But I think Corona just kind of does sit in the back of your head. And I think when it gets triggered or brought up or something, you either immediately jump into a defensive sort of argumentative personality or you're very passive and you just don't want to talk about it. But you are thinking about it, but you're just like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Come on, it's Corona. So we're having dinner. Come on, I don't want to talk about it. And I understand that too. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, that's why time I feel like flies so fast here. And I'm also getting older. They say that when you're a child, you feel that the years pass slowly because if you think about what percentage of your life one day has cost you, it's a much higher percentage of your life spent in one day than when you're, you know, 40. Then if you think of all the days you've lived, one day is a much smaller percentage of that whole. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, let's say you're five years old and you're really excited to turn six. You're like dying to turn six. Well, you know, if you think about a few days of your life and out of out of five years worth of days, it's a much bigger percentage of days of time that you as a kid have felt like a five-year-old who wants to be six. And then when you get older and older and older, that percentage of time of thinking about age and thinking about stuff gets shorter and smaller because you've had longer years to live and to see these numbers get small. And so, you know what I mean? Like, I think that makes plenty of sense. Um, okay, so actually interesting news. I've done my ranting. Now I'm going to talk about something interesting. So um, I bet a lot of you are going like, woo, thank God. <laughs> I can feel the, the peace running over my mom right now. Like, oh my God, please stop talking about Corona. Um, so I am, for those just, uh, God, I hope this isn't your first show. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am obviously American living in Munich. And what that means is that I have to have a visa. And I've had a work visa for quite some time. Not a permanent residence visa, but a work visa. And I had it renewed, I think, 2018 or 19. And time flew by pretty fast, as I've explained. And it was it's going to expire next month. Hmm. So obviously there's been a little drama in place of wondering how we can, you know, get this renewed and what it takes and uh, why we have such a little time. <laughs> and the, here's the here's the cool part about this. So um, everything ended up working out okay, but it's a cool story. So I was, I think it was January or December maybe, and it really came to light that like, Dude, your visa is going to expire in March. And we are planning a trip to America in March. So the fear is, what if your visa expires and then you go to America and then when you come back from America, they don't let you in the country? Uh, and, you know, having a marriage license or whatever, none of that changes a work visa. So it's really interesting to to see that problem and to know that you can't, like fix it that way. I know a lot of Americans maybe migrate and there's like green card marriage situation, stuff like that. It's not easy to, to do, but I know that it has been done and um, you can't do the same thing with that kind of visa here. So um, that was a big concern. And so we, we did some research and we knew that for me to get the renewal and to be left alone about it forever, I have to pass my B1 level German test with the government. It's a very official test. Uh, a couple years ago, I took the official A1. So for, I've talked about it a lot. I'm not going to run into it again, but basically for everybody, there's 
A levels, B levels, and I think C is the last one. And there's like A12, B12, C12. So A1 is like beginner's German. Hi, I'd like to order a coffee. Thank you. And uh, somehow, with the grace of God, and honestly, I didn't expect it at all, not even a little bit. I had no confidence. Uh, I passed it with 100%. So that bought me about a year's worth of confidence in terms of thinking like, oh, I've got this. That's no problem. <laughs> Don't even worry about me. Are you kidding me? I'm basically German. And then uh, pretty soon we realized I've got to pass B1, which is much harder. It's um, not quite fluent. That would be up there in the C's. But it is a pretty established understanding of German, being able to read a lot of German, to speak a lot of German, to hear a lot of German, to, you know, conjugate and understand things. And um, that's where I fail a lot, because German has these cases uh, when you conjugate the, you know, the, the pronouns that you're using and the articles associated with the noun and the verb, they all change, they all fluctuate, the placement of the words, and the, some verbs separate where part of the word's at the beginning and part of the word is at the end. Sometimes it's reversed. And the the words that replace the, the articles, there's um, like six of them, and sometimes even more if they're indefinite articles. And it's so, 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 so frustrating. Um, because you only can and only, you're only your only saving grace, like your only hope is to memorize it. Your only hope is to memorize all of these articles and where they go and how they change and which which uh, prepositions and which uh, whatever, verbs, everything. They all change these articles. So you have to see like what, which one changes what. Anyway, that's B1. So my biggest struggle, and obviously I've been hiding from that forever because it's just my biggest weakness and I just don't really have the brain for that. I just can't quite get it in me. Uh, and so we find out to renew this visa to have no more issues, I would have to pass the B1. So in December, I started taking German lessons again with um, a friend of Mo's, this a really nice girl named Rosa. Um, and what's good about her is she doesn't really speak English. Uh, which is good for me because I think if I rely too much on English to explain things in class, I will then be speaking too much English. It's happened before. So then I don't learn. Um, this is good because it forces me to talk to her and explain things and ask questions all in German. So that actually is good. And I like her. She's very motivating. She's very she's very nice, very supportive. And uh, I've been doing that for a while. And then so here was the issue. So we needed to book a B1 test before middle of March. And it was not looking good. First off, it's very expensive. There's the famous and most widely known, like the Goethe Institute. But it was like almost 300 euros to book a German exam, which is just insane that you could force anybody to do that at all. Um, and then we found another one, the European Language Corporation or Community, I'm not sure, Telk. They have <clears throat> they have a B1 test that's the same level of certificacy um, for half the price. And I found one on March 11th and 12th. They split it into two days, which the coolest thing about a test is when it's two days long and now it's booked. And then we had this fear like, okay, well your test is booked, but you won't get results obviously for a few weeks after you take it. So what if you take the test in, on March 11 and then by March 15, your, your visa expires and then you still go to America and then you still can't get in. Well, for those expats listening, there's a really cool thing that I found out from the KVR here in Munich, the Immigrations Office, the Foreign Foreign Affairs, the Foreigners, the Foreigner, the Foreign, when you're foreign and immigration. Anyway, um, that place, there was a really nice person on the phone who basically explained like, well, what a lot of people do, because they don't want to take the B1 test, is they apply for what is called a fiction now, if you're speaking English, fiction sounds so untrustworthy because it sounds like uh, not true. It sounds like not real, like a fiction, you know, like uh, Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings or something, just not a true story. And it was a little weird to hear that, but a ficción, as they would say here, a ficción, is basically a certificate that extends my visa for six months without the necessity of a B-1. 
and that's really cool. It took a lot of paperwork, of course, of course, because Germans love paperwork. And they basically said, um, send us like every single piece of your existence, certificates, visas, insurance, bank statements, invoices, proof of uh, residency, everything. That took a few days. Got everything sent in. And then pretty quickly, we got an email and they were like, okay, well, we're still going to need a few more things and you're still going to eventually have to take the B1, but for now, we're going to send you the ficción, which is great. And now I have it. And it's this cool, very official looking like green purple card that I slipped into my passport and basically means I am still a technical resident of Germany um, by extension. And what a lot of people do, they said, uh, and I don't want to do this, so I don't worry, I haven't gotten any bright ideas, but what a lot of people do is they uh, just keep renewing it every six months. They just renew this this fiction. I think they pay a fee, and they just renew it, and they just never do the B1. But here's the big deal. If I take the B1 in March and I pass it, then all of this is over forever. Then I never have to worry about not being a, a permanent resident anymore. They're never going to ask me or force me to take German lessons. I will you know, continue them because I want to, not because I have to, which is kind of a different thing. And I won't be bothered anymore about like potentially being kicked out of the country, which is kind of a relief. So if you're an expat or you know someone who's worried about this situation, uh, tell them to reach out to the show at Artsy Fartsy Pod. I think it's, or maybe it's Artsy Fartsy Immigrants on Instagram. I have to look. But to reach out to the show because I can tell them more about this, um, about this fiction. It's pretty cool. Let me just look up really quick. I think it's artsy fartsy immigrants. It's hard to type with one hand, especially when you're not smart. Let's see if this is the right page. Yes. So you can hit up, uh, you can DM our, our page on Instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants. And we also have like an email and a Twitter if you prefer. And I'm going to start posting a lot more on there now, pretty soon. And yeah, you can ask about this ficción because I can tell you more about it uh, if you need to know how we did that, what we asked for, what we had to fill in. It was really, I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was pretty simple format. They gave you a list of things you have to send in and, a, and an email to send it to. And we just made a huge PDF like file of things and sent it off to the email. And then they said, okay... We're going to need more eventually, and you'll need to take your B1, blah, blah, blah. But here's your fiction. And then I got it um, not long after that. So pretty cool. And now that means, yeah, I can fly to the States, worry-free, a few weeks there, see some family, see some friends, and come back. And uh, hopefully in March next month, I will pass the B1. I'm hoping. And then it's all over. But here's the good news. If I don't pass it, I can still live in Germany. So that's the most important thing. It just means I will have lost the money. But, you know, I'd rather lose a little bit of money than lose my residency. Um, yeah, and with Rosa, this teacher, she's great. We, we meet twice a week and um, for about an hour, sometimes a little more. And she's very fair-priced and very supportive and nice. So also, if someone's looking for a one-on-one German, -on -one German teacher, I can really recommend her. Again, you can hit up Artsy Fartsy Immigrants on Instagram, and I will recommend Rosa to you. And if she has time can, to fit it in her schedule, then, yeah, we'll go forward uh, from there. So we are nearing the end of the show today, and I want to just do some final updates on just general things as, uh, you know, the art, I've talked about the immigrant part now with this ficción. Uh, and now the artsy fartsy part of the show basically is like, what am I doing for work? What's been going on the past couple of months? Um, one of the last updates I did here on the show was about, um, this, this new job with Toman, this music company in Germany. And, um, yeah, that's still in the works. I mean, basically, you know, we're just not quite finding the right flow that we were hoping for. We wanted to have a, something kind of click much earlier on. And so we're still in conversations of, you know, maybe is this the right thing to do? I know that they're getting a bit tired of um, the back and forth. And, you know, it's a little, it's exhausting for me too. I really want us to find the right balance. I want to do the job. I want it to be a good working relationship. But if it just, sometimes if it just doesn't click, then, you know, you can't uh, keep beating the dead horse, you know? So 
Um, I made a few drafts of the first video, but it's just not quite what they want. So now we're talking again about, you know, what's the next step? Do we want to do another one? Should we have a talk about it? So that's where I am with, with Tolman. I really hope that works out. But, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't when things just don't, you know, there's just like this spark is kind of not quite there yet. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's just we're not communicating like perfectly what we want from each other. And, you know, if that gets fixed, if we find that, then I think everything's going to be cool. And if it doesn't uh, just snap into place, then, yeah, maybe we have to part ways, which is unfortunate. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just have to do that. Maybe there's someone else who can do that thing they want just perfect. And maybe I'm keeping them from getting a job. So you never know. Uh, but on a good news thing, so for those who who know or maybe don't know, I have a weekly radio show every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Ego FM. It's been my favorite job that I think I've ever had, and recently we just crossed the one-year anniversary. I've been doing it for a year, which has been so amazing. And if you've been a fan of this show, then I really recommend you go to listen to American Sunday. It's an all-English show on the station. It's live. It's really fun. There's usually pretty great music. There's a jukebox segment in the middle where I choose the three songs and talk about it, and I love that. And all the jukebox songs are actually on a Spotify playlist. So if you love the jukebox songs, you can go follow the uh, American Sunday Ego FM uh, playlist on Spotify. But recently, I crossed the one-year anniversary, and so I called my boss, and I was like, hey, I would really, I think it'd be cool now to maybe talk about getting a raise, which I've never had that conversation before. And I was really nervous to do it, but he was really nice. It's a really good job. And he was really fair, suggested a really fair raise. And I tried to negotiate for a little more. I mean, why not? But he said no, and that's okay. It's a good raise and I'm satisfied with it. And I'm really happy that that worked out. And that will start uh, next month. So this month will still be the old wage and next month we'll start the new one so that's really cool i gotta i'm making you know better money for this freelancing job and i'm really really happy about that um and last but not least i am working on trying to get partnerships with some different companies like um for those who follow me online you might have seen that in the past i've done some online commercials for this beer company whose beer i love and right now there's this chicken place. <laughs> There's this chicken place in Munich that's like a food truck. And um, I want to be careful about advertising them too much just yet because I'd love if there could be something official worked out. But basically, they make the best chicken sandwiches on earth. Just the best I've ever had. And that says a lot because I've been, I've been in the South. I've been to Nashville. I've been to Louisiana. I've been to Mississippi. And this just has like the best chicken sandwich. It's spicy. It's juicy. It's tender. It's delicious. The bread is great. It's got the right sauce. Um, they've got tater tots. They've got mac, fried mac and cheese balls. <laughs> it's amazing. And I'm trying to because they remind me so much of the actual South, the way they cook, that I'd love to see if they could, you know, if they want to like tell their story on my radio show as a little, you know, potential collaboration, or if they want to maybe run some sort of, you know, I sent them some ideas, maybe we can make something happen. So in the end, yeah, I'm really hoping that, um, like, just as a, as a round at all, like, um, to sum everything up, really happy to be back. I will be here giving you a full episode every week from now on. Um, and later on, Mo will come back. He might be back next week. He might be back the week after. But Mo will be back, and I'm very excited to to bring this back. So I love you guys, and I'm I'm really happy to be back here in the hot seat with you. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be posting more content on the channel. Uh, we're gonna get more engaged. We're gonna get more involved. I want you guys to to talk to each other and meet each other and. Um, you know, through the comments and stuff and to just socialize. We're going to make like an artsy fartsy community here where we can share ideas and share uh, stories about being an expat and about being involved in these communities and, and see what's going on, especially in the Munich area uh, with, you know, like previous open mic scenes or with the comedy scenes or with improv or with theater. I just want to get my feet back in the water and try and share some things. I also have a lot of new guests lined up for this year, so I'm very excited about that. And yeah, guys, um, I'm really pumped to 
be here with you. And uh, I hope you had a fun time. It was a little silly. You know, we had a little silly, goosey, stupid little time at the beginning, and then we got a little serious, and then we got a little silly at the end. And that's, you know, it's like, that's the perfect little Jordan sandwich, I think. So thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Have a fantastic week. Um, If you want to hear more of my annoying voice, I do have that Sunday show from 10 a.m. to 1 on Ego FM. Otherwise, guys, I will be back on Artsy Fartsy Immigrants next week. Love you. Bye-bye.